Jake, we are back for week four NFL. Uh, last week, our show picks went five and four, basically break even slightly down, actually, because we took a couple more favorites than, than we'd like to take, to be completely honest. Slightly down on that five and four record. Overall, all picks uh, down 1.7 units, up 7.6 for the season. Total slowed us down a little bit last week. I was thinking about this here. You know, this is. Uh, uh, the first year of the player-based NFL model, one of the intricacies of it is really trying to figure out how quickly to adjust for pace of play and explosive plays. Uh, what I've dubbed with cousin Jared uh, pace explosion. Um, and, and you saw a lot of, a lot of pace explosion from the dolphins this weekend. Um, and I think that's um, something that I, I knew. And I think, uh, you know, Looking back on week three, going to be a little more aggressive with those updates, trying to get that right. I, I like where we're at now. I think totals are going to be uh, back on the right. They're still profitable in the season for us. Uh, it's just week three kind of took a little bit of a ding uh, there as we're trying to all adjust. And uh, I don't think I did a great job of, of setting the adjustment there. But that's the learning part of, of um, you know, year one of this. But overall, still going really well. Very pleased with how things have gone. I'm very pleased with my take that the Jacksonville Jaguars are not good. Um, I mean, people wrote Houston off to be for dead, and they can't beat Jacksonville. So I don't know how you can be on the other side of that take now. And, and I said from the start too. I said the Texans are actually going to be pretty good this year. I think if they can get healthy, they've got so many guys hurt, like uh, Tunsil, you know, a key lineman, you know, starting the season off hurt. Uh, they got injuries on both sides of the ball. That's going to be their biggest issue. If they can stay healthy, they're decent. They're not going to win the Super Bowl. Right, but they're not going to be this three and fourteen team or whatever they were last year. Stroud's actually looking really good. We're talking about that on the Discord here today. That Stroud uh, is one of the young quarterbacks that's really making strides towards being a legitimate NFL quarterback. And I cannot say the same, unfortunately, for uh, Desmond Ritter. Cannot say the same for Zach Wilson, uh, who we've kind of known that about, I guess, to be completely honest. Um, and but 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 CJ Stroud looking good. Those receivers looking good. Uh, they got to stay healthy and, and they'll be at least mediocre in a very bad division. And as I said, you know, very pleased with the model picking up on that. Also, that was interesting. Uh, you know, we were kind of down on the Lions to start the season, but the models really picked up on them. Uh, you know, it was a pretty impressive win against uh, the Falcons here this last weekend. A Falcons team that is, is one dimensional and that's really what cost them. But that was a nice little win. Uh, kind of thought to be a closer game, more of a toss-up type game. Uh, the model's like skyrocketed. The Lions up now and has them uh, up to ninth uh, in the NFL. Wow. So I like the fact that the model's adjusting and saying, hey, it's not going to hold on to a take that it, 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 it wants to correct on, um, but it is going to, you know, double down when it feels like it should. It's still high on a couple teams. It's still making some statements. Uh, you know, I, I think uh, we'll see how that goes. I, I thought it was interesting. We'll talk about Cleveland here later. I said last week, I said, Model is really high in Cleveland and Tennessee, and I felt like it's going to be right on one of those teams and wrong, and I just didn't know which one. And it looks like uh, it's still high on Cleveland, and it's a little bit less high on Tennessee, as I think we all are going to be after that last week. Um, Jake, I'm curious your take after three weeks now. We're kind of at that point where you have to make some assessments. You kind of have to start thinking, are you going to stick with your initial take of this team, or are you going to come off of it? I think about a team like the Titans, and you know them very well. My my thought on them after watching their first three games this season has been if they can stick to the running game, if they can stick to the short passing, especially to those two very talented running backs, they've got a pretty good defense. I, I'm higher on their defense than I think a lot of people are. 
I think they can win some football games. Uh, the model still has them ranked 13th, uh, but they have not played like the 13th best team whatsoever this season. And so this is kind of where the model has to kind of decide that it doesn't decide it does math, right? But hypothetically speaking, and we have to decide, we've seen three games from the Titans and I'm using them as the example. How are you adjusting? How are you analyzing these teams to say, I've seen it once, but the other two weren't great. You know, how, how are you trying to adjust your takes from your, what you thought of the preseason now going forward? With the Titans, I mean, my view on them really hasn't shifted that much. I think they've got a good defense and a run game. If they get ahead, they can really pound it. It's just if, if you hit them first, they're going to have a hard time coming back ever. So it's they may make the playoffs because their division is bad. Um but I don't think they're going to win a wild card by any stretch. And I would, if they win the division, I wouldn't want to play them at home. But I don't see them going any far, any much farther past that than uh, than just the one home playoff win, maybe if they happen to get there. But they're they're going to be a team that's going to be very frustrating to be a fan of all year because they got the talent, they got a defense, and the defense right now is a little bit undisciplined. The offense can't. Tannehill can't throw the ball to save his life right now. And if Derrick Henry isn't blowing out defenses, it's it's just going to be a rough, rough go, as you saw with the Cleveland game. Kind of like a team like Atlanta. I'm a little one-dimensional, and that can really hurt you in the NFL. Uh, one of the uh, – a little slight adjustment that was made to the model uh, after watching these first three weeks is uh, teams getting a little bit of a penalty – uh, for being one-dimensional, the teams that aren't one-dimensional kind of standing strong. You see a team like the Eagles, who doesn't have the best running back situation. I don't think anybody would say that DeAndre Swift is a, is a top 15 running back, but he has a, an amazing offensive line. And you watch that game on Monday night, and I mean, the holes were just insane for him to run through. And so Philly, even though he's not the greatest running back, and we don't have the greatest running backs, the running game grades out very, very well. The passing grades out very, very well. And that's why the model still loves their offense. Uh, these teams have one thing like Atlanta, like Tennessee that they can do well, uh, but, but not both get a little bit of a ding now going forward because it's a little bit easier for defenses to get gameplay. That's one of the things that's been integrated uh, into the model. It's funny you talk about that with, with Tennessee. I think Atlanta's kind of similar. That's what I thought Chicago would be. We'll talk about Chicago here later today. Thought Chicago would be that team. Really thought with Justin Fields, his ability to run the ball and his lack of ability to pass the ball, uh, you know, with uh, Roshan Johnson coming in for the Bears, a promising young running back. And it's always good to have those fresh legs for those running backs after all the miles that some of these guys put on. Uh, year five, year six, sometimes they, they struggle a little bit. And, and maybe you're seeing that, you know, from Derrick Henry at this point. He's been he's been used up a lot, right? Um, Chicago's defense not really allowing me to keep that take with them after watching them a couple more times. I don't think they're going to be that team that wins a few games because of the defense and they can stay in it. But if they fall behind something because their defense, I don't think is good enough to allow them to do that. So learning a lot about these teams and kind of shifting our takes and, and the bears, we'll talk about them shortly, but uh, a, a team that is in trouble, I think in a slightly different way than Tennessee, at least Tennessee uh, and Atlanta both have a route, a path to win. It's good running, good defense, I don't know what the Bears' path to win is other than maybe playing the Broncos, right? That's That might be their only path at this point. But again, we'll talk about them uh, shortly. Jake, anything else to hit that I've neglected to mention before we get to Thursday's game? Uh, the Cardinals aren't as dead as we thought they were with Dobbs back there. That, that was impressive. Uh, Dobbs is another but, guy that's just like C.J. Stroud is rising up. He's not to the level of, 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 the, of the reasonably good starters, but – 
Model's moving him on up there. He's looking respectable. You're absolutely right. The Cardinals, not terrible, maybe. Maybe not terrible. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know what, what they're going to do with Kyler. But, like, I think if they were going all in on the tank, Dobbs was not the right guy to grab. Yeah, it, it's interesting. They're still last or second to last in my power ratings. Carolina is the big asterisk, and we'll talk about Carolina here just just a bit as well with with the the Bryce Young and Dalton situation, but they're not last by a lot, and that's the key: is that Arizona is moving on up to becoming just a bad NFL team versus early on my powerings and a lot of other people's. If you had them out there, were they were so far below the next worst team, and it's like they've really closed that gap now. And uh, looking again like a team that is obviously they're not going to win a ton of games, but they're not like that. Oh, what we thought might be an zero and seventeen team. Um, obviously that comeback that they let the Giants have against them was not great, but they played a pretty good first half in that game. They looked okay at times in that first game. They obviously looked really good there in week three, uh, you know, much better than we thought. We thought they would just be a doormat, and that doesn't mean that they can't screw things up, but, you know, not a complete doormat. So, uh, yeah, interesting take there. Uh, we'll get to here now Thursday. Uh, Jake, you, you're rocking and rolling here, picking these Thursday games for us. Um We've got Detroit and Green Bay here again. Got Detroit now uh, ranked ninth, according to sideline. Got Jared Goff up to the number 14th ranked quarterback. As I mentioned, though, before with the quarterback ratings, like 10 through 25 is like drawn names out of a hat. It's <laughs> or 11 through 25 or whatever. Uh, right now, at this point, Goff's at the top of that tier, but it wouldn't take much to move him back down on that. It's a bunch of guys, you know, Stafford's in that group. I mean, there's just a ton of guys in that group that are they're all decent. Um, you know, all good NFL starters. I think it's interesting once you get past that. And interesting enough, Andy Dalton is, I think, in that group. I think he's in that top twenty-five. You have a handful of guys in that group and, and that are backups, and the guys right below that that are backups. That teams have decided we don't want you as our starting quarterback because we know what you are and you're decent, but we don't want the twentieth best quarterback in the league. We want better, and so they're taking their chance with these young guys. Some of them who are absolutely dreadful, like. Desmond Ritter um, to see if they, if they can, if they can catch lightning in a bottle and they're playing those guys rather than, you know, so I just think it's an interesting, interesting world we've come to the NFL that, you know, that was not the case five years ago, 10 years ago, whatever. They would have just said, if you're the 25th best quarterback, you'd have a job. And now that's not necessarily guaranteed. There's a lot of quarterbacks that are in the top 32 that don't have jobs because teams are that, you know, we know what you are. And we don't want any part of you. Um, I still let's say golf. I feel like was right at the tail, right at the borderline of that, in that group. I mean, there was a lot of people writing him off uh, with the Rams. He's been kind of up and down. He's had some good times, had some bad times, right? Hanging around there though. Again, right now, a pretty decent grade, pretty good offensive grade for these lions here. Boosted because of the pace. So we talked about this in the college football show. Same thing here. Notice the offense is not the fourth most efficient offense overall. The seventh, fastest and most explosive team on both sides of the ball, allowing them more possession. So that's more of a points per game metric. I expect this Lions team to score a lot of points and give up some points. Their defense isn't great. It's not as bad as what's on the screen either. It's just that pace is kind of rising both of them. Green Bay's pretty average pace. So there's is what it is. A very mediocre team. Uh, Jordan Love, I've got him as the 37th rate quarterback. One of those guys who's younger, not nearly as good as several of the backups, but the Packers are trying their hand at him. He's also looked pretty respectable. He's, I think he's in that same situation as Dobbs and Stroud where they're, they're separating themselves up and starting to rise up. Uh, he's looked 
pretty good here. Uh, if you're a Packers, you have to be pleased. Uh, again, as opposed to some of the other NFL teams who might not be as pleased with some of their young starters. Uh, this should be a relatively tight game. Uh, we're here to talk about the total. Model says 48.6 points. So we're going to go over 46. It's B-grade value. Jake, why did you choose this as one of the games to talk about here for this B-grade over? You had a lot of B-grades and C-grades to pick. Obviously, we like the Thursday games. You could have picked the side. Why did you choose the over over the side? The side, I think this game is a, a very coin-tossy type game, and I just didn't see value on either side. Uh, so... I really like the total here because I think these offenses are way ahead of each of the defenses. Because, I mean, Jordan Love has looked really good for, this, for his first few starts here. Um, the Leading the comeback, he's shown he's got the talent, the head, the head to make the right decisions. He's getting one of his better options back with Christian Watson. I believe he's expected to play Thursday. Watson and Jones, I feel like, maybe, sure. We've been saying that. It feels like for weeks now. <laughs> well, I, mean, I think crazy. Poor Mrs. Professor has both of them in, in our fantasy league. <laughs> and she's she's frustrated about it because it felt like they were coming back and they weren't. And they were coming back and they were. Uh, maybe they're coming back here. I have no idea. I mean, as soon as they do the screen, the offense is going to be a lot better than what it's already shown. Yeah. Uh, Detroit defense is blah, but their offense is very good. They've got a good running game. Goff seems to be look a lot more comfortable in this offense than whatever he is running in L.A. And he's got – I mean, I wouldn't say Raw is really good mm. receiver. He's mm. good. It's tight end Laporta seems to be a mm. stud. They get rid of, and I think it's part of the part of the reason the Lions are rising in the ratings is because the model didn't really expect him to be an offensive weapon. Um, I, I mean, he came, he came from Iowa, yeah. right? And and Iowa is not really known for their offense. I mean, I'm just, I'm just saying, like, we knew he had the potential, right? But I don't think anybody expected him to step up and all of a sudden become a top five tight end here by week three. And I feel pretty confident in saying he's a top five tight end right now, which is just crazy to think. Um, and that's, I think also helping the ratings. Cause it's like, Hey, Sam, uh, Jared Goff's got more weapons than we initially thought he was going to have to start the season. Yeah. And I mean, if they can get Gibbs going, mm. they're going, they're going to be a very, very tough offensive stop. But I just think they want like a two headed monster there at running back. Yeah. I think this winner of this game is going to be in the thirties kind of range and i think it'll be like 32 to like 24 or something crazy like that but uh, either way i think it gets us well over this 46 number we need yeah uh i think you have to look at green bay upside with getting some guys back there's upside of the with love rising up the quarterback ratings i'm not sure how much higher jared goff's gonna get and that detroit offense is gonna get i'm already fairly high on them um but the upside, I think, is there for Green Bay for their offense to look better, uh, and that's going to drive us more points. Detroit stopped Atlanta last week. Atlanta stopped Atlanta last week, maybe more so. Uh, that's one of the games I've already been able to watch from week three, and Atlanta just – I think Green Bay is going to provide more challenges, and it's going to be more of a competitive game, uh, more back-and-forth scoring. Over 46 be a great pick from us. Uh, before we move on to the next games – Sunday morning in London, Atlanta, Jacksonville is happening. No official pick from us right now on that one. We discussed it. I, I, I'm not high on Jacksonville. I'm a little bit leery picking against Jacksonville at, at, a, at a place that they might have more love for them in London than Jacksonville, unfortunately. 
Um, I know I know that Jacksonville has some diehard supporters, but but there's not many of them. Um, London, that's like their second home over there. That they're, they're very comfortable doing it. Versus Atlanta, Desmond Ritter going over there. I, so I'm not really hounding Jacksonville, not really being Atlanta. So we're, we're kind of holding off for now on that one. Maybe we'll have a pick later in the week, depending on how the price moves, injury updates, et cetera, but not going to pick that early game. Uh, the other one we wanted to mention here uh, early on, Minnesota, Carolina. Carolina just has such a question mark. You have a quarterback in Bryce Young who has looked dreadful, and the model has zero faith in that getting better this week. That doesn't mean he won't be a good quarterback next year two years, three years, who knows? Right now, it ain't pretty. However, you have Andy Dalton as the backup. You saw last week, gives them life, gives them offense. And he is, Dalton's 100% in my mind, one of the top 30 quarterbacks. But teams have just said, we don't really want you to be the starter um, because we want to see what we have in other people. So a top 30 guy, not starting. We don't really know who's going to play right now. We're expecting Young to be back. There's just some question marks in that. So... No pick for now on that. If it's Bryce Young, it kind of doesn't matter what the price is. I'd play with Minnesota because I have no faith in Carolina doing anything offensively um, if it's Bryce Young. But again, Dub Club, Discord, will have all those updates for those picks. Uh, but definitely want to learn more about the injuries. To games that we aren't as concerned about injury-wise, Denver, Chicago. This game, you know, someone's going to win. Someone's going to win. Uh, that's really all I can say. It does have to be played. I say that someone could tie. I'm, I'm used to saying that because I'm used to saying that in baseball. And, you know, we do baseball, do college basketball, do college football. There's no ties, right? It could actually tie. And that'd be the most fitting ending to this game. Denver is so fascinating to me. The first two games they played, they are botched two point or botched point after attempts from taking two games to overtime. The first game, they missed an extra point. They lost by one. The second game, they lost by two on a two point, on, on multiple things that happened. First off, uh, they allowed a two-point conversion by like one inch that had to be reviewed. Then they missed their two-point conversion on what was a clear pass interference. Both those teams could have, should have gone to overtime. And then whatever in the world happened against Miami. I'm a little hesitant to pick against Denver under the theory of no team is as bad as they just looked. And you cannot literally look worse than what Denver just did. In that regard, if they have any life in them, if Sean Payton cares, and I assume it's your one back in coaching, he kind of has to care. It's like week four, right? Like, I feel like he's not mailing in yet. This is the week to circle the wagons and do right and, 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 and get going. So I'm a little hesitant to pick against Denver, but also, like, they haven't looked good. When you look back, maybe, you know, maybe the fact that they couldn't get to overtime against those two teams, Washington, you know, one of them, and I don't remember who the other one was at this point. Uh, maybe Las Vegas or whatever. Maybe that's a concern that they're just a, not a good football team, right? The Bears, we also know, aren't a good football team. Here's the thing, though, when you notice it on screen, those defenses are putrid. I mean, part of it is pace for Denver, but that pace metric, again, is pace plus explosion, and it's explosion on both sides of the ball. They can allow points in a hurry. That game against Washington got wild, and it's the only game Washington's gone over in that tells us it's probably more Denver than Washington. The models made a real correction on that and who it's attributing what to. And it's saying, hey, Denver's going to be in these higher scoring games. They don't have a good defense. They've got an okay offense, but they're going to play fast. They're going to give up big plays. They're going for the big plays. And when you give up big plays like that, the points just come in a hurry. Chicago's offense, not great, but their defense is somehow worse. 
We're going over 46, just like we did on Thursday, but this is an A grade because the model projects 49.8 points. Basically thinks we're 50-50 to get into the 50s. Jake, over 46 in a game with maybe some questionable offense, but I, I think worse defense, right? Yeah, I mean, the defense says, says it all. It's just so bad on both teams. And then Russell Wilson can't still lead an offense, and he's got some good yeah. weapons with Sutton and uh, Judy back there. Judy. They can absolutely take take apart the Chicago defense, which nobody's had a problem with so far this year. Uh, Denver's defense is so bad that it might make Justin Fields look like an NFL quarterback, maybe. Uh, but either way, he should be able to run the ball. The uh, Johnson, ever the Bears should just be able to run the ball and score a few points. That way, we don't need that much. I think this one ends up both teams in the mid twenties, and we'll end up close to fifty points. I, I think there's a really good chance this plays. I don't like that Washington game where both teams are in the thirties, just because they're set up to be a lot of possessions. Uh, I, I know that Chicago's offense hasn't looked good. They aren't very good. Uh, but when you dive into it, while Fields, again, not a top 30 quarterback right now, and the Bears are playing, I'm hoping he will be that. And maybe he turns into him, for now, not a top 30 quarterback. Um, you, you know, they do have, you know, good running backs. They have good weapons. Their O-line can use a little bit of work, of course. That's never good for a young quarterback, uh, you know, who's not good. But, I mean, past defensive efficiency, number 31. <laughs> I mean, they're going to allow the points there. And here's the thing, Denver – not just the pace, their pass defensive efficiency, 29. Okay, maybe the Bears can't pass run defense efficiency, number 30. There's only two teams worse at stopping the run on a per-play basis, according to what the model projects, than Denver. So like you said, it, it, Chicago's not switching in at the offense that they can't take advantage of that. It's not like uh, you know the Falcons-Lions situation where the Lions defense may be not great, but Atlanta can get one-dimensional and they can make a, a, a mediocre defense look good. This is one where you know, Denver's defense is much worse. Uh, and, and, and it doesn't even matter. I think if you tell Denver what's happening, their defense isn't going to be able to figure it out. Uh, so over 46, a great pick for us and Denver and Chicago, Baltimore, Cleveland. If you've been hearing about this Cleveland defense, they are really good. You can see it on screen. My number one rated defense on a projected points per game allowed basis. Part of that's the pace, but even if you strip away the pace, I have them ranked number two against the pass and number two against the run, and that's pretty incredible. They are just loaded on defense. The you know three games they've had have been incredible. Um, gave up some points against Pittsburgh because their offense allowed fourteen points, and I'm not sure. I think their I think their offense is allowed. I'm pretty sure their offense has allowed more touchdowns this season than their defense. Yeah, their defense has allowed one touchdown. Yeah, the offense allowed two. That's I mean, nuts. And that one touchdown was on a kind of a broken big play. It wasn't like they drove it down the field. It was one like 65, 70-yard play. And, th and that play happened, right? I'm not trying to like discount that necessarily. I'm just saying no team has driven the field and scored off. I mean, and, and to be fair, right? Burroughs hobbled, and the weather was terrible in that game. Pittsburgh pretty hobbled uh, as well. And then last week, Tennessee can get one-dimensional as well. Those aren't the three greatest offenses. When they face good offenses, they will give up a touchdown. <laughs> it's going to happen. Somebody will drive and score. But the point being, uh, 
the fact that they're taking care of business so dominantly against the weaker offenses tells you that they're going to still be a force to be reckoned with even against uh, the better ones. It's not like college where, you know, if you dominate a weaker school, there's, you know, the, the gap between the weaker school and the better school is so big. Like the gap here in the NFL isn't that big right between the top and the bottom. Baltimore, uh, on the other hand, pretty average on pace. Pretty good team. Above average offense, barely. Uh, but a defense that's better than the offense is. The offense is slightly better average. Defense, well above average. Model projects 38.6 points. We're going under 41 B-grade pick. 41, one of the more key numbers in football. Love this pick here. At 41, people run. Don't walk. Get it at 41. If you get 41 and a half, great. Don't pay minus 130 or something stupid, right? But under 41, 41, a very, very key number in football. So very important to get that under 41 rather than under 40 and a half because it could land there with that push protection that if you remove 41 from the possible options here, this is a very strong expected value, positive expected value play. Jake, tell us more. Yeah, I mean, it's all about the defenses here. We you just went into how great the Browns defense is. I mean, Miles Garrett's out there toying with guys and <laughs> just – and they just shut down Derrick Henry, which is people have been struggling to do since he's come into the NFL. Yeah. Uh, Baltimore's defense, very good. Their offense, I'm, I think it's a little overstated here. I, I'm not that – and I think it's because they're, they're injured and the running game is rough because, like, what, Dobbins is gone. Hill's a question mark. Gus Johnson's a question mark. So now you're on Melvin Gordon, who's had – Looks great at Wisconsin. Team. <laughs> yeah, one or two good years in the NFL, and then it's just yeah. kind of fallen off. Uh, who knows what's going to happen there? There, I mean, Lamar Jackson has all the talent in the world, but for some reason, just can't seem to do it when it's needed to be done. Uh, not knocking him; he's the league MVP. I mean, he's a very, very talented player. He's just I, things just seem to work against him at times, uh, and you don't want that kind of like going into a game with. Cleveland's defense, and I mean the Colts' defense really kind of held them up. And but at the same mm-hmm. time, in that Colts game, what they had four or five fifty-yard field goals. That means mm-hmm. that Baltimore's defense was barely allowing them to cross midfield. Mm-hmm. Like it, I think we're going to get a very very low-scoring game. I'd be surprised if this one breaks at thirty-five. Yeah. Honestly, yeah, I, I would too. We talked about the key number forty-one there, but. Uh, if this plays out like I think, it's going to be more of a low 30s. Uh, that doesn't mean that we don't want to make smart bets and have insurance, right? So it's that insurance on the key number 41. But but I, mean, I absolutely agree with you. And, and when you dive deeper into the strength versus strength part of it, the run pass type stuff, you know, we talked about how good Cleveland's defense is against the run or the pass. And that's the thing is this Baltimore offense is pretty balanced. The running back situation is a struggle. I have them ranked 26 right now with all the injuries and the question marks. And that's kind of volatile because depending on who actually suits up, that could get worse if we find out a couple of those guys are out. Run blocking, though, number six. So they'll at least be able to open up some holes. But again, you got to, and, and on the passing side of it, you, you got a quarterback in Lamar Jackson that can make it happen, but you got a defense that's just going to stop everything. On the other side of it, you have a Cleveland team that is going to really struggle to run the ball. Baltimore's run at rates eight. So it's not like they're going to get things going well, things on the ground. And that's kind of what I think they want to do. Uh, they're better at run blocking than pass blocking. And the way to attack Baltimore is going to be through the air if they pass defense the 18. Sean Watson has not I, I don't I don't I don't trust him to be able to do that. It doesn't mean he can't. We know the talent's there. 
it's just been a while since we've seen that consistently. He's more likely to make mistakes over the receivers, et cetera. And so it's hard to see how either team's going to really get things going. It just sets up to be a punt fest, really. And in college, a punt fest could lead to some decent field position. But the NFL, these punters are so good. It's like you don't even get the good field position out of it. It's like whatever happens on offense, you're going to be pinned at the 15 starting every drive. And, and it's going to be hard to move the length of the field. Turnovers are going to be the way this blows up on and, and on our face in our faces. It's a low number. You know, you get a couple defensive scores. The Browns obviously can can do that. They've, they've done it a couple times this year, uh, and and or their, and their offenses a lot a couple times this year. That's kind of the fear with the low number. But otherwise, it's just hard to see how either side gets much going unless we find a Deshaun Watson back from you know 2019 or, or whatever year was the the right year to pick there from him. Otherwise, like you like mid low 30s seems where this game is. It seems really hard for it to get into the 40s. Which take us to Tampa Bay, New Orleans, another game that might not have a lot of points. Uh, the total is very low, uh, knowing that we aren't going to have a lot of points. Derek Carr is out. In lieu of him, we get Jameis Winston in a revenge game against Tampa Bay, his former team. Um, you know, I, I, we talked about this before show. My personal take on this is that Jameis Winston either throws for five touchdowns or five interceptions. There's no in between because that's the way he plays. And God bless him. I wish he was starting every single week because that's entertaining as heck. And that's what I want to see. I want to see a guy go out there and just sling it around. And if it works, it works. And if it doesn't, it doesn't. And there's, there, are, there are a couple of teams in the NFL that could use a guy like that because they need that upside that Jameis Winston gives them. And the downside is, well, our team's terrible anyway. Who really cares, right? Um that's kind of where New Orleans is offensively. They're really bad on offense. Their defense is pretty good, though, and that's the thing about them, and that's where they have hope with Derek Carr is that he can at least will the offense to a few points. Their defense is pretty good. Without Carr, though, they're going to struggle to move the ball consistently unless you just get that good Jameis Winston game, and you never know if you are, but if he if he's not on – they're going to really struggle to move the ball against Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay has its own issues. You can see they're on the screen overall. Both of these teams are um, below average. Got the probability of New Orleans winning at 55%. That makes Tampa Bay, what the model thinks the price should be, at plus 121. So we're going to take Tampa Bay plus 150. It's a C-plus grade. It doesn't quite get into the B grade. Jake, a little dog here. You think Tampa Bay can go on the road, maybe and pull the upset here. Yeah, I, th- I think they can. I think we kind of wrote Tampa Bay off for dead when they didn't need to be. Uh, Baker has looked better Passable. than he had. Yeah, I mean, it's not bad. Their running backs are waking up. They still have a Super Bowl caliber caliber defense from a couple of years ago. The defense is very, very good. Uh, and, I mean, the receivers with Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, that's very, very talented i mean that catch mm-hmm. evans made that one-headed catch was just nuts from last week uh i mean new orleans i just i know they're getting tomorrow back but i think Jameis is such a big liability here um i don't think they're gonna be able to run the ball that well against this defense i don't think they're gonna be able to i think Jameis will make a mistake or two somewhere along the line and that uh Tampa Bay's going to take advantage of, and that that'll be the end of the game. It's going to be—I think this will be a very tight game, one of the more entertaining ones to watch. Yeah, because both quarterbacks could very easily th- set a record for interceptions or touchdowns thrown in a single game, uh, which 
if they do both, that would be fun. Uh, it's just yeah. I think Tampa with the plus money. The plus money is the way to go here. Yeah, like there's a world where one of these guys throws five touchdowns and one throws five picks. Uh, it's not very likely, but like, yeah, the, this is these are the quarterbacks that you're like, I don't know, anything can happen. I mean, just throw Josh Allen. Of course, Josh Allen's a, the more talented version. But throw Josh Allen there, and you got a trifecta. I'm like, I have no idea what's going to happen with these guys. Um, you'll see there, I think, kind of illustrating on screen the fact that I have Tim Bay as the better team, but not favored on the road here, actually that New Orleans still favored just because you how close together some of these medium bottom teams are in the model. They're just really lumped together. Uh, it, you know, one game could really flip these two teams and change them eight spots. Cause this, the ranking, there's not a lot of difference there uh, between them. They're all just jumbled up together. Um, but you know, when you look at it, Kamara coming back right now, I have him at 75% capacity given his first game back, don't really expect him to have 30 great carries, that sort of game, right? He might, but that's not what we expect here first game back. So kind of putting a little bit of a damper on him, uh, going up against a Tampa Bay defense, that that's where you want to attack them. Tampa Bay's better against the pass than the run. But even if New Orleans gets things going on the ground, I'm not sure that that doesn't still make this a really strong play. And here's why. If New Orleans is grinding on the ground that's going to keep this a very low scoring game model projects low scoring game books have it low scoring and if this is a super super low scoring game plus 150 is great because it just takes like one thing to happen and and you, you got the win right so we kind of want that weirder extremer game taking the dog and i think if new orleans has success on the ground it kind of lends itself that way if they don't have success on the ground I don't know how they're going to have success on offense and it's going to create a more likely scenario for Tim Bay to win anyway. So there's just a couple of ways we can get to the window here. A couple ways that make this plus 150 pretty appealing. You can see plus grade doesn't quite get to a B plus 180 would make it an A grade. So we're nowhere really near that. Uh, but a game that you had to think the Saints circled as a win to start the season. And now with Derek Carr out, it's a much more questionable game closer to a toss-up than they would have ever hoped for. Uh, we're going to take our chance with the dog here, maybe get an outright winner here with the Buccaneers. 1 p.m. Eastern, Washington and Philadelphia. Got Philadelphia winning this by an average of 12.6 points. I had Philadelphia at number one the first week of the season. They were barely number two in week two based off of, uh, I believe that was them playing on a short week and held out a couple of guys from injury. If it wasn't for the injury, they would have still been number one. And that's, of course, as you see the the, the up and downs for teams' rankings, a lot of it is injury-based, right? They took a tiny bit of a dip there on week two because the injuries on that short week. Uh, but then again, number one last week, and again, number one this week by a decent margin. Model loves this Philadelphia team. We've talked a lot about them. An incredible offense. The defense, again, that is pace-adjusted. And the defense gets a little bit of a ding because of their pace, which ranks fourth. But on their efficiencies, the seventh-best pass defense and the 11th-best run defense. It's still an above-average defense there. It's still a very good defense. It's just a, on a points-per-game allowed. I think they're going to allow an extra couple of points just because they're going to be in games that involve more possessions because the offense is so good scores gives the full back that sort of thing but my goodness they are incredibly good i've got them as the number one team dolphins looked great and the dolphins now have the number one offense uh but still trail behind overall to philadelphia washington's not terrible i've got them as right in the middle of the pack uh, you can kind of see the skewness of 
the distribution. They get a 97 grade, 100 is average, but they're 15. So they're in the top half of the league while being a bottom half ranking. Just shows you how clumped together all those teams are in the bottom. Not much to talk about with Washington, though. Their offense is, you know, kind of mad. The defense, not bad. Uh, it's helped a little bit by uh, the 25th ranked pace. This is the type of team that Philadelphia should just roll against, right? Yeah, I mean, I don't see a way Washington is going to stand up against them here. I think Philly is going to do whatever they want, like they have so far this year. I mean, if they can keep DeAndre Swift getting over 100 yards, that's absolutely insane because then Jalen Hurts doesn't have to do it. Then he doesn't get hurt or weakened at all, and so he's able to sit back and throw to A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. It's just it's not fair how how well it's built not. this Philadelphia team is from everywhere because the line is good. The defense is good. I mean, Jordan Davis should not be that good at that – like that mobile at that size that he is. They, I remember they've, watching him at they've, got a, they've got one of the top tight ends as well just for fun. Yeah, yeah, just because. Why not? Why not? It's, it's just I don't I don't see a way Washington's going to get in their way. I, I've been a fan of this Washington team, and mm-hmm. I just I I would uh, this is a game I would I would back anything to do with Washington on this because I think Philly is just going to run through them. It's not even going to be close. Minus seven at reasonable odds gets this to an A grade. The reason it's a B grade is there's a chance Philadelphia wins this by seven. Uh, I think it's more likely they win by 10, 13, 14, 17, or who the heck knows if it gets really ugly. This game could get to the extremes via turnovers and defensive scores. And I feel like you can see that about every football game. But especially with Philadelphia, this is what happened in that Patriots game. And then the weather got crazy and they took their foot off the gas. But it was setting up to be that sort of game. If they get a defensive score in the first half, this thing could get into a route where everyone forgets it even exists flipping around all the games on red zone. Or, or if you, if you're watching or on the, on, you know, Sunday ticket, if you got red zone, they never go back to it, that sort of thing. Conversely, if, if Washington gets lucky with the defensive score, or whatever, that's where we're going to be in trouble. But again, we talk about ways to lose. There's really two ways. One's the turnovers, that sort of thing that is always on the table. The other way is the, the number, right? And that's why this is a B grade, not an A grade. That's why we're risking not putting quite as much on it because, uh, you know, Philly could win by seven. Of course, they could, anything could happen. I don't feel like I have to, but sometimes I feel like I have to say the obvious, right? Uh, but seven is not would not be a shock if they won by seven. It's just we think it's more likely they win by a bigger number. Good model thinks by an average of 12.6 points. Uh, and there's really just not enough good things to say about this team, this offense, you already mentioned a bunch of them. I'll just kind of follow up. Receiving core, including tight end, number two. Pass blocking, number three. Run blocking, number one. Jalen Hurts, number eight. I mean, how do you stop this team? <laughs> them or Miami, I don't know how you stop them. Yeah, it's going to be – it's – and, I mean, if I'm a Commanders fan, I'm not – totally disappointed in what I'm seeing out of my team. Like, no, like I know you're not getting the results, but I mean, you're young and you've got some talent there with, I mean, the running back, how looks to be decent chase young and uh, the, on the defensive line is looking good. It's just, you're not quite there and you just happen to be going against a buzzsaw that is Philadelphia. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, Sunday night, we're skipping all the late afternoon games, going right to Sunday night, Kansas City at New York. Usually the Sunday night game's a little better uh, than this. Uh, I think it was supposed to be better because it's supposed to have one Aaron Rodgers quarterback. That's obviously not happening. You still have a very good Jets defense. Jets defense, it's helped out by uh, its pace, right? The Jets have really played slow this year. They played really slow last year because they didn't have an offense as well. So this wasn't, isn't really a surprise other than they were supposed to play a little faster with Aaron Rodgers. And of course, now that you lost that, you got to go back to playing slow, trying to keep your defense, um, you know, off the field so they can shine because the defense is going to be the way they win football games. If they win Uh, really good defense, Number fifth against the pass, that's key against a Kansas City team that obviously has Patrick Mahomes and a really good pass-blocking offensive line, number one according to sideline run blocking, number 19 running back crew, number 23. We know they want to pass the ball, right? Sometimes the metrics and the, and the math helps out. Sometimes it just kind of confirms what you already know, and that's this case, right? The Chiefs aren't built to run the ball. That doesn't mean they can't run the ball. When they run the ball, it's because it's a surprise. It's because it's misdirection. It's because the other team's so worried about the pass, that sort of thing. The Jets defend the pass really well. They should be able to defend that. Where you're going to beat the Jets, I think, is on the ground. The run defense lags a little bit, according to the model right now. And that's not really the area the Chiefs excel at. Jets are going to really try to grind this game to a pulp and really slow it down, make it a one-possession game, make it one of those weird NFL games that you sometimes get where you're like, there were five possessions total in the first half. How did that happen? Right. That's what the jets want to do here. If the chiefs score, they want to make them take nine minutes to do it. And if they're able to have their way at home, they might hang around in this one. We're going to take the jets plus nine and a half, a grade play model thinks the chiefs win by an average of 5.2 model says the chiefs win the 64% of the time, but the chiefs defense can keep it close slash their pace, can keep it close. Got to take a dog every once in a while, right, Jake? Yeah, I mean, it worked out last week with Houston. They ended up winning outright. We had the same line. That Jacksonville team that Houston just beat really held this offense down, this Kansas City offense down. I mean, Taylor Swift's boyfriend was playing at full strength there too. Jacksonville held them down. This Jets defense, a lot better. Um, Mm. I don't think – it's going to be very easy for Kansas City to score. It's going to be one of those ones they dominate the game but just don't have a lot of points to show for it. And the one random touchdown the Jets have on one drive because Kansas City's defense is very uh, hit or miss, uh, especially if they're running the ball, that kind of takes Chris Jones out of it. I think it's going to be just a very tight game on the scoreboard but not very tight. Like if you're watching the game, it's, Kansas City's going to be in control all the time. It's just – they're not going to be able to score as much. It'll be more field goals than it will be touchdowns. The effect that Chris Jones has on a passing game is hard to state. Just watching it, he's just a menace there. And I think that is part of the reason why the Chiefs against the pass rank number nine, because part of defending the pass is just preventing the pass from getting off. And he makes that go but i think you made a great point there run defense efficiency for the chiefs number 24 that's where they're a little more susceptible if you can run the ball on them lo and behold that's what the jets want to do now that said the jets have not run the ball well this year why is that honestly i don't know 
Their run blocking grades out really well. I've got them ranked number 11. The two running backs should be a pretty good little combo. Uh, Brees Hall's looked fine. He's looked healthy. I totally get keeping him on a quote-unquote pitch count because of you know the knee and, and not wanting to rush it. But between those two guys, they should be doing better. And it's not even like they've you know, had to abandon the run because they got out of the game for a bunch of it. They, they, they got down to the Bills by a little bit, the Cowboys by a little bit. Um, but that wasn't the majority of the game. The majority of those games were close enough, whether it's at the beginning, middle, or, or end, right, that they should be able to run the ball more. I wonder if they're not running the ball well because the Bills' defense is very good. They're projected to give up some points because their pace, and they just go so fast through the possessions, right? But their Bills' defense is pretty good. Cowboys defense is top five. Patriots defense might be top five. It's for sure probably top 10, right? I guess for sure probably like that's a, that's a terrible phrase. But um, I, my model is pretty high on this past defense. What if they just haven't run the ball well because the defense is even facing? Obviously, it's hard to do anything against Belichick because Belichick is going to say, what can you do? I'm going to stop that and make you do something else. Well, the Jets offense isn't really built uh, at this. Aaron Rodgers solves that problem, right? But without Aaron Rodgers, if, if you can't stop the run, that that hurts. And, and kind of wondering if it's the Jets might be better than we think. The model's a little higher on them, I think, than the market is. And then, uh, then I see other people, uh, you know, other power ratings. I think it's because they might be forgetting that the Bills, and they and they won that game. They shouldn't have. I think, yeah. that, I think that's what everyone remembers. Everyone remembers they shouldn't have won that game, but they did. <laughs> Cowboys... I know that Arizona thing, but also as the son of a Cowboys fan and the husband of a Cowboys fan, um, the Cowboys, this is what they do. They're going to look great, and then they're going to look terrible, and they're going to look great, and they're going to look terrible. Right? They just oscillate back and forth. Uh, but but they had one of their good games against the Jets, and then again, the Patriots are just tough. If, if you get any one-dimensional, Belichick is going to stop it. Like you saw what he did to the Dolphins, right? Offense. I mean, and that looks impossible now in hindsight. So I don't know. I just I kind of think the Jets are better than we think they are, and not to say that they win necessarily, but they sh- I think they can run the ball a little better. And yeah, if they I mean, do, they keep they stay in this game. Yeah, for, for sure, it's all about that run game, and because the Kansas City defense is built like the Colts defense was when they had Peyton, right? You're you're expecting to have to guard against the pass a lot more because going to be up 7-14 in most situations. I just think this Jets defense, the way they guard the pass, is going to keep that way down. So a little bit of a run game, one or two long drives and a half really keeps this one tight and we go home happy. And that, and that's the thing the Jets are going to have to prevent the big play. They're going to have to prevent getting down 14 at the half. If they're down 14 at the half, they're probably not coming back. They're not built for it. Um, and so we, again, we always talk about how can you lose a bet. If the Chiefs score quickly, score in a hurry, get some big plays, get this more into a shootout, Jets are not going to hang around. Here's the thing, though. Being such a good defense, such a good pass defense, such a slow pace, there's a good chance the Jets are able to prevent that from happening, and that's what allows us to hang in there, keep this interesting, be down one score, hopefully in the fourth quarter, and then it's just hang on for dear life. Uh, it's just like we talked about, like you made a great point with the Texas Jaguars. Uh, that was a situation where – I think the Texans are a little bit better than people realize. Jaguars are much worse than people realize. This one, it's not that I'm done on the Chiefs. It's just, it's a matchup, I think, that bodes a little bit better for the Jets. And again, I think the Jets might not be as bad as people think they are. Zach Wilson, not good whatsoever. I have him ranked number 62, and I only rank 64 quarterbacks. So he's terrible. 
but everybody else around him is a good football team. And that's of course the laments of why they aren't trading for a quarterback, yada, yada, yada. Y'all have heard that because obviously everyone else has said it, that if they could have a quarterback, this is a playoff team without him, obviously <laughs> Zach Wilson, they're, they're going to struggle, but the slow it down, stop the pass game plan sets us up to keep this close. I'd love plus 10, but plus nine and a half probably shouldn't get too greedy. Anything seven or above makes a lot of sense here in a game that again we think kids new wins by an average of 5.2 points which takes us to monday night seattle at the giants and my goodness uh we're thankfully out of the double monday night games but we're now unfortunately back into the reality of all the monday night football games are terrible which is why i feel like people watch Monday Night football and they don't watch monday night football unless there's nothing else happening because these games get really bad uh we're gonna take seattle it's gonna be a close game doesn't make it a good game, but at least it should be close. Let's take Seattle plus 105, a great value here. Model thinks the Seahawks win this 61% of the time. So plus odds is a fantastic play. Getting anything minus 108 or better makes it an A-grade play. When you look on the screen, uh, you obviously have a little bit of a faster Seattle team. That's what's giving their defense a little bit of a ding. Defensively, though, these two teams are pretty even. The biggest difference is the offense without Saquon Barkley. I don't know what the Giants are going to do to really consistently move the ball. And the Seattle offense is pretty respectable. I mean, they're not, um, you know, top 10 necessarily. They're, they're getting their rank seven on points per game projected because of the pace. Uh, but they're decent enough offense. Uh, it's the only good thing in this game, I think, is the, is the Seahawks offense. Uh, that's why I think they can go on the road and get the job done. Plus 105, pretty good value here, huh? Yeah, I absolutely love this. I mean, we're huge Seattle fans on this podcast in every sport, but really uh, are. The, the, the Seattle is, I don't know why they're getting such a bad rap, but they are a better team than most people think, especially with Kenneth Walker running the ball. He seems to have really found a stride from game, from game two and game three. Uh, Geno Smith looked bad week one, but he's back to looking his very average self. Uh, I have so, I have him ranked number, number 12 overall, which is, again, like we talked about in that group of, solid quarterbacks he's right now at the top part of it but very solid very respectable a guy who i think because of his struggles in in the big media market of new york yeah gets a much worse rap than like he's not he's not terrible no, no i mean he's got home run hitters with dk Metcalf and tyler lockett and jsn i mean and then if drizzly 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 comes back the tight end if he comes back playing they're gonna be it's just one more weapon for him I'm surprised the defense is as bad as it is this year. It just doesn't seem right with Seattle not having a good defense. Mm. But uh, number, way, number twenty, number twenty three against the pass, number twenty against the run, just not very good and very unseattle like. Yeah, no, no Barkley for the Giants. Mm. I mean, I just don't know where they're going to go. Yeah, Waller is the best option they have, and he's he's not a burner by any stretch. Uh, so I just. I don't know what the Giants and and, and Brietto, which is a guy that, I mean, he's out there. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't mean, think he's going to give you much. No, it's just. Uh, uh, sorry for the Giants fans because it just it doesn't look good uh, for the rest of this year if Barkley can't stay healthy. So I think that's. I'm just very surprised we're getting plus odds in Seattle. I'm, I'm going to hit this one hard. We've got one of the tackles out for Seattle who's been out. And it didn't, uh, you know, hurt them really against the Lions, who I think are a much better team 
than the Giants. Uh, you do have their other tackle. Uh, both these tackles are pretty solid. Uh, the other guy is questionable, hopefully, you know, for us he plays. But um, that's kind of the issue right now for Seattle is the offensive line does have a couple of question marks from the injury. But it, it doesn't – I don't think it really matters against the Giants. Daniel Jones, the model was a little bit higher on him starting the season, a little more optimistic that he could use his feet and do things. And it hasn't really come to fruition – Barkley being out, you know, hurts that even more because that's one less weapon you have to defend against. Muddle now has him down to number 22, which again is right at the bottom of the tier of guys who are should still be starting at this point and teams haven't given up on. And he's feels like a bad year away from uh, from giving up on him and him being put on Andy Dalton Island, right? With that same sort of like, we know what you are. You're probably one of the 30 best, but we don't really we want to see what we got someone else. I mean, he's getting to that point. Uh, Model is optimistic at the start of the season, uh, but again, as you talked about, there's a bunch of those quarterbacks in that middle chunk, and we're going to learn a lot here early on in the season. And uh, he's going the wrong direction. And again, without Barkley, can't really make that better. Um, I, I, I'm like you. I just feel like the Giants had like like the Jets. Both these teams had a game plan for how they're going to win. At least the Jets still, I think, have a game plan. It's a really good defense. Slow it down. Keep games low possession. You might can accidentally win 10 games that way. They accidentally beat Buffalo that way, right? Uh, they hung in there against the Patriots. They didn't win, but they hung in there, and that's the recipe. If they do that enough times, they're going to win some games. The Giants, I, I, don't, I don't know what it is. They're number 27 ranked against the run. When you allow, and they're not really that much better against the pass. I mean, they, I don't, I just don't know what they're going to do. They're, they're pass blocking number thirty-one, run blocking twenty-three. It's just not good. It's not good anywhere. Yeah, it's it's painful right now. And I mean, Daniel Jones, not the greatest quarterback in the world, but I think he's had maybe three games his his whole career so far where he's had all his weapons healthy <laughs> for the way, like because Barkley can't stay healthy, his receivers were beat up at times, and then now. I mean, all his receivers seem to be scrubbed. You're, you're saying he's, you're saying he's traveling the path of Alex Smith, basically, where yeah. Alex Smith had that, you know, new coordinator every year for seven years and just couldn't get it going, and then finally had some consistency. It was like, hey guys, look, I can be a pretty good quarterback if all these things don't go wrong for me. Uh, <laughs> it, it's, yeah. it's, you're saying it's it's kind of what, they, and there's kind of profile similar quarterbacks, so it's not the craziest comparison to be honest. No, no, it's uh, when you were saying it, I was like, yeah, that seems about yeah. to be where Daniel Jones is going. Yeah. And Alex I mean, Smith maybe, almost maybe, got put on on Andy Dalton Island. He almost got put yeah. there, right? It was very yeah. close, and then he kind of like accidentally snuck his way back into a starting role and took off. Yeah, maybe Daniel Jones randomly shows up on a different team and takes him to the Super Bowl just to lose his job halfway through the playoffs or something, uh, which uh, is wild to me. But anyway, that's the that's the highest hopes that Daniel Jones has. I think so. I, I think he's going to be stuck in New York for a while now. Mm, yeah, uh, Seahawks again. We think they win sixty one percent of the time. Anything around even money offers fantastic value. Jake, those are the games we're covering here. All seven of them. Do you have any parting words for the viewer? No, I. I mean, I know we we had a winning record, but we lost a little bit. So last week, hopefully, we turned that around. We get this going back in the right direction. Get get that nice green in our pocket. Yeah, thankfully, in the overall, you know, after a big week to uh, giving back just a tiny bit feels like a win. One of those, you know. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, it's like holding serve in tennis, right? You just wanted to like get through the next week without giving it all back. And then now it's okay. Now we get back to winning, right? Yep. It doesn't work like that, but like you tell yourself that it makes you feel better, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's all about mental games. Mm -hmm. You got to convince yourself that's hey, the right thing. Half of this, honestly, like a, a third of sports betting is bankroll management. A third of sports betting is keeping your mental sanity and making sure you stay sane through the process. The other third is actually the math. Uh, it's like a third, a third, a third. And so, uh, you know, we'll try to help you with all three of those things here if we can. Uh, otherwise though, best of luck to everyone here in week four. Again, check out the college triple show. If you haven't yet baseball here last week, and again, all the goodies over in dub club under $1 per day. If you're not with us there already, otherwise we will see y'all later.